Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here today with uh, one of my biggest fans, Mr. Darren. How's it going, Mike? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being here. Uh, Darren is from Oklahoma, and as you know, I'm from North Carolina. And today on the episode, we're going to talk about what it's like to to be the only person in your area who shares your belief system and how that can be difficult and how that can be ostracizing in a way. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast, you know where I stand politically. I'm very left-leaning on many issues, and Darren's the same way, but we both live in in very rural, red parts of the country. I live in a small, very Republican, very heavy Trump town in North Carolina, and Darren probably has it even worse in Oklahoma. Well, I actually actually live in Oklahoma City, so I live in the capital, so we have a lot of diversity here. It's okay. just it because of gerrymandering. It's not really, it's not really noticeable, on the, especially on a federal level. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Oklahoma, uh, I believe all members of the House of Representatives are Republican. All the 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 federal officials are are Republican. Um, most mayors, I think, except for a few big cities, are Republican. Yep. That, that is very true. Our, our mayor here, he is a Republican, but he he's probably the closest political figure here in the state that we've got that actually attempts to reach across the aisle to do. He, he's He's got a lot of ideas that I disagree with passionately, but for the most part, he does seem to have the best interest of, of Oklahomans and 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 the, the outcome of this state or this city, at least in their best interest at heart. So. I guess give a few kudos to him. Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, it used to be, and I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you. I'm only in my 20s. And right. I still remember it used to be politicians were more, or at least they appeared to be more willing to work with people who disagreed with them. But nowadays, it's like scorched earth. Like, oh, we can't even be seen in the same room as Joe Biden, or otherwise they'll think that we're, lib- they'll think that they'll think we're a liberal, they'll think we've gone woke. Politicians more and more only care about themselves, their wallets, their bank accounts, and the, the regular everyday people are an afterthought. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, uh, you know, like you said, I am older than you. I'm, I'm, I'm 45. I just turned 45 a few days ago. Oh, happy but, birthday, uh, man. I missed uh, it. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's- I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, when, when we started seeing this big divide in, in the politicians not being able to to really truly reach across the aisle to to set their differences aside for certain things. I, I think it started during the Clinton administration a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when you started seeing the uh, the conservative talk show hosts, the Rush Limbaugh's and and Leo Ortrells and stuff coming out and just, you know, hammering away about the 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 left just, you know, coming to to kill grandma and take your babies and, Mm -hmm. you know, burn the flag and, you know, defund the police and everything else. So, you know, that that's kind of when it started. Then, you know, with Obama, it it became even a bigger ordeal. I mean, I think that had a lot of racial um, undertones, you know, more than even more so than just the, the left versus right. And then, you know, it's just it's continued to get worse with Trump. It just you know, they came out of the woodworks. So I can tell you from my experience here, many people would not vote for Obama because of his race. And many people would not vote for Hillary because she was a woman, she, not a man. Know. I heard that from several people. I'm sure you might have as well. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a problem for sure. Yeah, we uh, I was I was living up in Iowa during uh, Obama's second term or when he was running for his second term. 
And uh, we were running a nightclub up there. And and one of my security detail guys, he uh, he was really just getting involved in the Democratic uh, National Party at that time. So he was going around um, registering people to vote and just continual slew of just people that, you know, oh, well, you know, yeah, he hasn't done anything wrong, but I wouldn't elect. I won't vote for him again because he's black. And it's like, wow, it's it's just yeah. right there out there. huh? So it it's absurd. Yeah. The, the fact that the Republicans, they have their own state run media with Fox News and now with OAN and other units. I mean, the misinformation that's out there is just absolutely ridiculous. And, and that's the scary thing to me about not being able to have, you know, discourse with, with someone with, who has different opinions, because I, I can't bring facts to the table and try to convince you of something. If we're dealing with two different sets of facts, if, if you get your information and you believe it from this trusted quote news source, then how do, how do I combat that with actual facts? If, if you don't believe science and you don't believe in facts, there's nothing you can say. And even if you present them with facts, they'll just come back and say, oh, well, that those aren't the real facts. Those that's made up news, fake news. Oh, yeah. And it's becoming more and more difficult to have conversations, any meaningful type of conversation with people that have different views than you. Absolutely. You know, it, I, I talking about, you know, family members, all three of my brothers are Southern Baptist ministers. And, you know, so clearly here in Oklahoma, that means that. You always vote red. You know, you you support Republicans. And the only reason they voted is because they they're against abortion. You know, that's that's the as long as the Republicans carry the, the you know, anti-abortion stance, then they're going to they're going to hold at least the, the Christian evangelicals here in in this state for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the thing with the abortion just recently, the Supreme Court overturned that and sent it to the states to decide. I think Oklahoma was one of the first states to implement a ban. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Governor Abbott and DeSantis, like you mentioned earlier, they're getting all the pub about how terrible of governors they are. But Governor Stitt here in Oklahoma, he's had more scandals in his in, in the last four years than any governor in the state of Oklahoma. And we had a previous governor arrested for for embezzlement. So wow. for him to have more scandals than that guy, it, it's insane. But he he. He basically outlawed all abortions except for in the case of the mother's life. That's the only exception there is. Um, you know, it, it's it's terrifying. You know, and and one of the things Oklahoma prides itself on is their their collegiate sports teams. And I just wonder how that's going to affect them. Will that make people start to wake up when they realize you know our softball team just year in year out here at the University of Oklahoma wins national championship. And so I wonder how many of these ladies, because some of the ones that have graduated have spoken out already and said that if this was the case when they entered into Oklahoma, they would have went somewhere else because you're endangering their life, forcing them to have a child that they may not be ready to do. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we you know, we have the strictest abortion law in the in the United States. Uh, we have four clinics uh, here in Oklahoma, or had four clinics in Oklahoma that offered abortion services. And since November of uh, 2021, when the when the law went into effect, two of those clinics have closed now. So, yeah. and now I imagine the other two are closed as well. Yeah, oh, I mean they're they're kind of leaning more on like a Planned Parenthood, where they're we're still able to do uh, Plan B pills. Okay, that's that's good. still yeah. an option, uh, you know. And then obviously there's 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 tons of different services that Plans of Parenthood 
offers besides abortion, no matter what Fox right, News course. says. Exactly. And so that's the two that have stayed open. And one thing I hate is when uh, you have a young woman going to Planned Parenthood to get something completely not unrelated to an abortion, just a health checkup, a cervical exam, and then you have these people screaming at her, insulting at her, in some cases throwing things or getting violent. And it's absolutely disgusting how these people yeah. do this. You're you're 100% right on that one again, Mike. I uh, I'm a large, you know, I, I know we're we're friends on Twitter, but you know, I mean, I, I'm six foot four, uh, you know, about 300 pounds, so I'm a oh, big yeah. dude. Uh, you know, I played football all my life, but uh, I got to work as a volunteer for Planned Parenthood when I was living in Missouri. Oh, that's awesome! And um, and we would escort you know uh, patients in and out of facility. And for as little things, I mean, we we were the one in Missouri worked with the the Women and Infant Children's Division of the of the Social Service Department, where they would teach mothers, new mothers, breastfeeding, you know, just all the basics of what you need to know to raise a child that aren't covered in school. Mm-hmm. They, they they would offer these services here at Planned Parenthood. So these little girls would come in, 15, 16 year old, that are doing their best to to live the American dream, pull pull yourself up by your bootstrap, you know, raise this child that. Republicans so love and you know instead this guy's throwing beer bottles at them and, and calling them whores and sluts you know and it's like come on man like, like this is a person you can't adults. do that exactly they're trying to get the resources they need and you're just making it so much more difficult and something else you had mentioned about uh, how there's no you just said it what was it about the lack of education and training for these things yeah the lack of you know in the south the only sex education we get is just don't do it well, yeah, that's that's one of the things, you know, I was talking about some things that I kind of looked up and, you know, piqued my interest. Uh, you know, I mean, I graduated from a, a, from a high school here in Oklahoma City in 1996, and then I left the state. I was gone for uh, about 20 years almost, traveling around. I, I lived in just about every state in the, on the map, uh, plus a few different countries. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that, that I knew from our sex ed back when I was in school I thought for sure that things would have changed, but literally in the state of Oklahoma, if they want to mention HIV protection, AIDS protection or prevention, as far as a, a, a sex education tool in the schools in Oklahoma, they're only the only way they can address HIV is to warn against homosexual sex. See, that's, that's it. They're, that's they're implying that straight people never get AIDS. And because how deadly is that? Anyone could get AIDS. Like- Absolutely. I, I worked yes. in I worked in restaurant business, you know, most of my life, and uh, I was busting the table one time and and got my hand my finger pricked by a needle. Someone's insulin needle. They left it unprotected on a table. That was their their bad. But I should have been paying more attention. Oh, but, but yeah, I mean, for the I next year, I had to get tested for you know to make sure that I didn't have AIDS or I hadn't contracted AIDS from that needle. I oh, mean, that's that been real bad. My life. I'm glad that didn't go that direction for you because that would me, me too. Yeah. Me too. Oh, man. But uh, I don't want to spend the whole episode on abortion, but man, I get so passionate about this. It's one of those things that we need more men to be passionate about it. Exactly. Uh, I saw an article from Sarah Spain today where she was talking about, you know, how this is going to affect players coming into the NBA, NFL, MLB, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, this state may not allow abortion, but this state does. Are they going to be able to have right or refusal if their draft order to not go to these states and and people are like, well, they got tons of money. And I'm like, really, the athletes, they're going to start looking at this more on how many kids they're going to have. Like, we're going to have a lot more Nick Cannons than, you know, than yeah. LeBron James out here. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, 
like, here's the thing too. They're so pro-life and then the kid's born. We're not going to help you. You're a single mother. We're not going to help you. You're too, you're a gay couple. We're not going to help you. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's uh, absurd. The hypocrisy is absolutely absurd. We know my, my niece, uh, we live together and, and she's raising both of her sons. Both of her son's fathers have passed away. One from COVID and one from, from, you know, a suicide. But, um, you know, she should be getting insurance covered for her kids through her, their father's survivor benefits back in mm-hmm. But they still all the time, the minute she starts to make a, a few extra dollars, they contact her. Hey, we're going to take away your insurance on the kids. You got to cover them yourself. And it's like, Ben, like, how are you supposed to get a leg up if the if the the policies that we design to help people, if we keep ripping them out from other people? Exactly. You know? Like, there's no way to get ahead. Like, just like you were saying, because you can't better yourself. You can't get a job because, oh, if I get a job, I lose the insurance for the kids. And then if I don't get a job, then it's just, it, there's no way to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have, we have estimated about 600,000 people in the state of Oklahoma that are, that are part of the, the food stamp or the TANF system, you know, and, and we're only, our population is like 3.2 million. That's so, a pretty big percentage. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, for all those people that have to be, you know, on, on food stamps is showing you that, that, that rate of pay, education is not where it's at. Um, I don't know if you follow anything pork on uh, on Twitter, but he's part of the ha- he's part of the hashtag community. He goes by Dan Juris, but he's a carpenter like myself. But he um, he came up with an idea a while back that I put out on Twitter, and uh, it talked about his goal would be to to average the salary of our Congress people by what the median salary of their state was. And his oh, proposal said, if, do some work. Absolutely. He said, can you imagine the, the money that would be thrown into to education the minute that bill went into, into, into work? I mean, they would be like, Hey, I got to raise my salary. I got to get these kids, you know, important jobs, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everybody would support minimum wage bumping up. My nephew, uh, he, he plays soccer uh, here in Oklahoma city and, and his team, you know, where we're located, it's kind of by one of the more predominant neighborhoods here. And so, of course, you know, they're all waspy Republicans up there. And, and it's it's really awkward sometimes going to games and practices and just, uh, you know, having my, you know, gay pride shirt on or, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different world, man. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, these beliefs, they're taught to the next generation because – I believe that as you're a child, you're not going to hate anyone naturally. I don't think that's a natural thing. I oh, think absolutely that's agree. That's taught to you, whether it be to hate someone because of a race or to hate someone because of a sexual orientation. That's all a learned behavior. And unfortunately, these people, they're passing it on to their kids. And to break out of that cycle and to actually get out of that is so incredibly difficult because you have to have someone help you or you pretty much have to pull up, pull yourself out. And oh, it, it is. It is. It, yeah. You know, and that's one of those good things about college. Mm-hmm. You know, the more people we can get to further their education, that's where you're going to get, you know, Jim Bob, who just came out of, you know, Podunk, Oklahoma. He's going to actually meet a black person, a Latino mm-hmm. person, a gay person, a lesbian for the first time. And, you know, if, if we don't have those avenues set up, then like you said, we're just going to keep perpetuating that. That's how the, the event evangelicals have held on for so long. 
That's mm-hmm. like, if you look at like Quiverful and, you know, that, that's their whole goal is have 50, 60 kids so we can maintain control. Yeah. We can maintain power. Exactly. Uh, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? That's what we're having. I, I feel like it's a documentary lately. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, man. So back to what I was uh, was getting at. Uh, I really want to make this point. So I, I get off topic a lot, but I really want to make this point. Me too. And, and North Carolina, the state of abortion hinges on like three legislative elections, because right now uh, the Republicans control the, the state Senate and the state house and the lieutenant governor is a Republican. And I believe most positions are except for the governor, the attorney general, and the treasurer. I'm pretty sure those are the only three big ones that are Democrat. So yeah, they, they've said this, this. As soon as we have enough votes to overturn a governor veto, we'll outlaw abortion completely in the state. And they are three members shy of having a supermajority to overturn any veto. So that's really what they're pushing for this election cycle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the feds do the same thing. Lindsey Graham said the same thing. You know, he tried to push his bill through. And, you know, I, I'm really interested in this election coming up November 8th here in Oklahoma mm-hmm. with uh, with the amount of we've had the most new voters registered uh, in the state uh, in the last like 35 years. Oh, that's awesome. Over 70 percent of those that registered are women. So really hopeful that that's going to be a, a big turnout. And, and basically, every every uh, governmental office right now, as far as from the federal level and the gubernatorial office, is, uh, is a Republican man going against a Democrat woman. Hmm. So uh, I, I really think that we can, we can get the governor uh, here. I don't know about everything else. I don't, you know, Lankford and... and, and, and the other guy, I'm sorry, I can't think of the guy that tried to throw a snowball in off. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever his name is. The other yeah. idiot. Yeah. But yeah, they, they've been here so long. I mean, they're, they're just as bad as Chuck Grassley up in Iowa. I mean, they're, they're just here for, for paychecks and, and just to help their cronies and, and to do nothing for their constituents. But, but Joy Hoffmeister, she was our, our uh, school superintendent uh, the last few years. And, the governor and his handpicked uh, guy, Ryan Walters, who's going to run for, for uh, the school superintendent position, they have just been attacking uh, the teachers. They've, they've, we just passed a, a, a bill in November called House, House Bill 1775, and it, it, it basically takes away uh, any type of uh, educational information that stereotypes, supports, or shows a bias towards uh gender or race and so they've had tons of books that they've they've banned here in oklahoma we um we've have we have one school that's already lost funding because they were teaching about slavery now in in our school books now instead of calling someone a slave they're called a plantation laborer that is we don't we don't want to offend white people we're we're just going to totally erase that part of our history because it's it's icky to look at and it's just like man how how much more can we dump on minorities the black community here you know and just just keep telling them that they're that they're not the same class of people as we are it's it's ridiculous you know the thing i heard so many times growing up oh the civil war was about states rights well yeah it was about the state's right to own slaves absolutely absolutely 
there's a good book out there. I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, but he he basically showed how that that whole the, it was about the state's rights. It, he proved that it was you know complete horse crap and that it was about slavery. It was the fact that you've got free labor and you're doing great and making a ton of money for your family. Why would you want to start paying somebody else? Exactly. You, know, you don't see this person as a person. And, and anyone out there, if you're listening, if you don't believe us, read the cornerstone speech by vice president of the Confederate States, Alexander Stevenson, where he says verbatim, the cornerstone of this government will be that the white man is not equal to the, the black man. He used a different word, but that's in the actual speech you can read it this is a historical document now this isn't fake news this is a real thing that you can read it's you know racism it's it's one of those weird things like every time i think i have a grasp on what what racism is like it, it just somehow it get it gets amped up even more you know i'm I, I got I got the the privilege to live in Jamaica for a couple of years, and so it's one of those things, you know, being a white guy in in a in a country that you're the minority, it, it gives you a, a an outlook where you're like, okay, I can appreciate what, you know, what some of my friends go through, but then when you come back and you see the systemic racism and how it's constantly bombarding, you know, the black community, the Latino community, but it, but especially the black community here here in the states how it just is, is just trying to keep, I, I hate to quote it, but keep them down. Uh, it, it's, it's unheard of, you know, I mean, it, it, we, 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 as white people, we just, we don't understand because we've always been in power. We've always had control. And that's the biggest thing here in Oklahoma is trying to convince people that, you know, like there still is a, a systemic racism affecting black people here because they all think it's a class thing now. You know, uh, they're like, well, you know, poor people, just the, the rich hate the poor people. And it's like, well, they do, but they hate poor black people even more. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like you look at your Candace Owens, your Kanye's, you know, your Van Joneses. Yeah, the Republicans, Herschel Walker, they're supporting these guys because they can use them as a tool. But mm-hmm. once they're not of use to them anymore, they'll drop them like a top because they, they, they're they racist. I mean, their policies are racist. The you way know, we, This is something I want to, you know pick up off what you were saying. This is something I, I did a paper on in college. Uh, you, the Brown versus Board of Education, the defense yeah. attorneys uh, for that case, trying to prove that segregation was unconstitutional. Uh, they did a psychological or they referenced this psychological experiment. They had white children and African-American children, and they were given white dolls and then black dolls. And they were asked, which doll is prettier? Which doll do you want to play with more? And due to the systematic and psychological effects of the racism that had been building up for decades, the children all said, oh, I don't want to play with the black doll. I want to play with the white doll. And these are just kids. So to already, oh, absolutely. Have, to already have that ingrained in your mind that you're inferior, that's going to cause lasting damage. And if that should have been ended immediately, like it's ridiculous that it took so long to end that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I, I've, I've got a close friend here uh, in Oklahoma. She, um, you know, she, she's, she kind of keeps me up to date on like what's going on with the black community. Uh, you know, just how things are going. And, and you know, every time we get to talk, you know, it, it's just one of the, you have those those conversations that they always like. You always learn something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I feel when I talk to Aspen. It's always like she always enlightens me on something, but. 
we we usually do a big uh, celebration for all the holidays. You know, I was a chef for so long, so I love to cook for my friends and stuff. But uh, we, I talked to her about coming over Fourth of July, and her daughter, who is twelve years old, you know, she was like, "Why are we celebrating the Fourth of July?" She's like, "This country hates me." She's like, "I'm a black woman in this country. Like they don't, they don't love me. Why should I celebrate their 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 birth?" And and it's like we've we've got to bridge that gap i mean this is a 12 year old that, that's already realized just how horrible that the world views her and, and if we don't stop that now you know my generation your generation the next generation if we, if we don't fix that and and try to come to terms with something where we can get everybody on the same field like that's the problem everybody like here's black lives matter or equality they think that like oh well you're just gonna give the black people a leg up it's like, no, yeah, we want to give them a leg up so they could be level with us because they're still not being treated as equal here. And, and it's and it's just it's, like it's going back, to, going back to the beginning, what we had said, it's impossible to bridge that gap. If you have one person who looks at things one way and it's like, nope, this is the way things are. And then you have another person who looks at things another way. It's impossible. Like, I don't understand how you could watch the George Floyd video and think anything except that, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Why, why are we allowing this to happen? How could you react to that video and think, oh, the cop is fine? Like, because I some, some people thought the cop was in the right, and that, it perplexes me. I have no idea how someone could think that. It, it one, I think it's desensitized. I mean, I think that we're just so used to like uh, my friend that I was just talking about. We we were over here last night, and we were just kind of hanging out and you know having a few drinks, and. Um, and I was trying to, I was telling her about these, these two gentlemen, I say gentlemen, uh, they decided to open fire on a, on a group of, his, of, of Mexicans that they felt like were probably here illegally. And uh, one of the guys died, the ladies in the hospital, you know, like, uh, and they've been arrested now. And I was like trying to tell her, I was like, it's weird. Dude. I thought it was about the case in, you know, and I couldn't remember the, the guy's name. And she said, Armand Arbery. And I'm like, yeah, that's who it was, you know, where he was running. And it's it's just getting to where it, it's so common and we're seeing it. So I, I think I think there's some desensitivity going on there. But then also, you know, tribalism is alive and well in, in especially sure. here in America. And like you mentioned sports earlier, you know, but it's it's religion, it's sports, it's state pride, it's national pride, it's your neighborhood. I mean, it, it's it's so tribalistic here. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to belong to this group and and look down this group because they're a little bit different. You know, Reagan mentioned like how the, the world would come together if aliens came down. And it's, it, it's almost to the point where I feel like that's the only thing that's going to save us. Well, I, I still feel like uh, some people would still say, Oh, those aliens, fake news. Yeah. That or, or that, or the, the aliens would be like kind of light skinned and they'd be like, well, gray's almost white. So they're pretty cool with me. You know, it's, it's, Absolutely insane. And I think the only thing you can, I was talking about this with uh, with my friend Joseph on another episode. Mm-hmm. I used to think for a while the only thing you could do to bridge these gaps was having conversations. But now we're getting to the point where people are unwilling to even have conversations. They just miss you outright. And I see that a lot here because religion has a strong, strong force all over the South, especially in the area of North Carolina I live in. And I'm not a big partaker of that. And the if I have a, a view that's different, I just hear, oh, well, that's because you're not going to church. That's why you think that way. If you went to church, you'd think yeah. right. And I was like, you're not getting it. 
Yeah, my, my big thing here that I hear all the time is that, oh, you're just mad at God. You're mad at him. And it's like, well, I, I could be. I could give you a list of things that if I were God, I would do better. But, yeah. you know, I'm not necessarily mad at someone who I don't necessarily believe is real. Yeah, like but, that's a waste of an emotion. to. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm more mad at the politicians who continue to, to act as if everything is okay. And I'm more mad at the structural things that refuse to change than I am at than I am at a God or anything. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think there, I think there is some points where, where that goes hand in hand with religion and politics, especially, you know, ever since Reagan bowed down to Falwell, I mean, we, we've been in a, in a slippery slope there, but, but like you said, I mean, there, there's, there's tangible things that we can look at and we can measure and we can fight besides, you know, whose God is, you know, real, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and obviously there's compassionate religious people. I mean, I listened to the, the last, I think it was the last podcast or the one before where you had the, the, the Muslim gentleman on mm-hmm. and I mean, you could just hear in his voice, just how empathetic and, and caring and compassionate he was towards, towards, you know, helping people. That's why he's mm-hmm. going to become a doctor. And it's like, you know, we need to figure out how we all connect in this world and then, and then start solving the little things. We can worry about God later. We'll fix exactly. that. Later. Like, like, if you want to hear some tangible data, I believe you were telling me earlier how Oklahoma ranks near the bottom in a lot of things. That's something tangible that we can work towards fixing. Like whether or not God exists, whether or not which religion is correct, that can wait. There are children starving. There are homeless veterans sleeping on the streets. You have 13-year-old girls who get raped and then are told, oh, you have to keep this baby when it could kill them. Yep. And these are things that we should be working towards fixing. Absolutely. You know, we like you said, with Oklahoma, our governor, his big thing is, you know, he was going to put us in the top five and and he was a big Trump guy. So everybody kind of voted along and, and pretty much they're going to vote red here anyway. So, you know, if you got the R in front of your name, you're you're pretty sure of getting in. But, you know, like since he's taken over, like when uh, what was it in, in 2011, uh, Oklahoma was ranked uh, in, in the 17th in the nation. Uh, in education. Uh, and then now we're ranked 49th, mm-hmm. you know, we're 34th in teacher pay, you know, uh, that, like I said, they're wanting to do this voucher bill where if the voucher bill happens, you know, that's going to, it's not going to affect the public, you know, the, the more uh, urban areas too much, but it will affect the rural areas, you know, over 30% of kids in Oklahoma go to rural public schools and they're not going to be able to, you know, get bus to a private school or driven to a private school you know, they're just going to be, oh, well, I guess you're going to homeschool. You know, I hope your mom knows trigonometry. Yeah. Mm. And I'm really hoping, and sometimes it's dangerous to hope, but this year I'm really hoping, and you've been through a lot more of these election cycles than I am, because I wasn't really paying attention to it as much as I should have been until 2018, 2020, because I just turned 18 uh, for 2016. Yeah. And at that point I still was – on the other side of the spectrum and I didn't really do my research and I was like, Oh, everyone around me is voting for Trump and the Republicans. I guess that's what I'll do too. Yeah. And then when I went to college, like you said, met people with different backgrounds, different experiences. I grew up a lot and my own views, I figured out what those were. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe the same as you people around here. Yeah. But I'm really hoping that in this election, 2022, we can have, a lot of backlash against these Republican ideas and positions and these politicians. Hopefully 
replace them. I know it won't happen in every place, but hopefully in a lot of places. Yeah, I, I think Warnock's got a good shot of holding on to there, you know, over Walker. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I Like you said, it's hopeful, optimistic about it. But I, uh, my, my big concern, though, is, is I watched when, uh, when Obama, his first term, you know, he had the supermajority uh, in the House and the Senate. And we just had so many politicians there, the Democrats, that were so worried about getting reelected that they didn't try to pass any bills. Like we could have already settled Medicaid for all that could have been done that year. And then, and so I wonder, or not wonder, I hope that, that if we do take the, the seats that we need, then I hope that we can codify Roe. Uh, I think that, I think if we codify Roe, I think that should be, could be such a big step for the Democrats to kind of finally have something to like, you know, set, set themselves up on and really run on mm-hmm. and counteract the, you know, cause the Republicans, they're mostly two, you know, Second Amendment and and abortion, whereas, you know, Democrats are always one to, you know, they want to run on their policies and things. And it's like, that's great if you've already, you know, I want to know those policies because I'm a Democrat. But Susan, who just kind of watches Fox News every now and then, she needs to know what you really support. Are, are you really a, a demon, you know, sent from, you know, another dimension like Alex Jones says? Yeah. Or are you really just a, a nice Catholic school teacher who, you know, happens to think that, you know, Black people should have education, and and we don't need every gun in the street. Mm-hmm, exactly, and what the Democratic Party really needs is their own version of uh, OAN, Fox News, to where they can get because Democrats don't have anything. I mean, yeah, right. either CNN, MSNBC, but those I think are more like like neutral. I mean, yeah, you could argue that they're more left-leaning than Fox and OAN, but I feel well, like... Well, MSNBC is... Uh, CNN, you know, they just got bought out recently... Oh, really? ...by a big Trump supporter. And if you watch just I mean, just the terminations they've had recently, uh, CNN is 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 kind of going full Fox News right now. Oh, that's very interesting. So it's it's very scary. Oh, well, so, that, that sucks. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now we have MSNBC, and that's it. So oh, Yeah, we need something... And another thing, Democrats need to be able to communicate that religion, you can believe in it, that, that you can practice it all you want. It is not a monopoly. The Republicans don't have a monopoly on that. There are several left-leaning people and Democrats that are also very religious people. And those same religious beliefs are what they use to justify their principles. You can look. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Joe Absolutely. Biden, very Catholic, but also oh, super, super Catholic. Yes. He prays the rosary several times a day. He goes to church. Yeah. I mean, he carries uh, his dead son's rosary in his pocket all the time. Yeah. And to tell him that he's not a real Catholic because he interprets the scriptures differently. I mean, that's yeah. just silly to me. I mean, this man well, has I mean, been Catholic and, longer than I've been alive. And look at Obama. I mean, you know, again, I, there's tons of racial undertones with Obama. But I, the dude, like, I mean, you want to look at a successful marriage. I mean, have you seen any of the stuff out from their, their you know, their anniversary just came a few days ago and just – they're, they're two of the happiest people, or at least that's the persona we see out in public. I mean, but they have a very successful marriage. They seem very supportive. I mean, whenever you see the guy with his wife, he's constantly trying to touch her and stuff. And, you know, and then you look at somebody like Trump, you know, who like has to, you know, Melania is slapping his hand away because she don't want to hold his hand. And it's like, really, this is the guy y'all think represents the Christian values and not this guy? Is, is it the tan suit or is it the tan skin? You know, which is it? Mm. So. That, that's that's a good point because 
Remember when uh, Pete Buttigieg was running for president and he, yeah. talk, he talked a lot about how his faith and everyone was like, oh, he's gay. He's not a real Christian. It doesn't matter. It's like how, you can't be that dismissive of another person's faith. That means a lot to them. You to know, plan- not even that. I mean, that's that's one of the that's one of the prime edicts of the Bible is to not, you know, not to judge your, your fellow person. You know, you can point out their sin, but you can't judge them. And the other thing is, you know, a letter from Paul, he, he warns against questioning someone else's salvation. He says that if you question this person's salvation and you're not wrong, that's a sin not only against your fellow man, but it's a sin against God Mm -hmm. because you're questioning God. And and that's close to blasphemy. Mm -hmm. So when they're telling Pete Buttigieg, well, you interpret the Leviticus a little bit differently and you think that God's okay with gay people than I do. So you're not a Christian like, man, you're walking a slippery slope there, brother. Like you, you better watch out, man, if, if these are your core beliefs. And I would encourage you, if you do identify as Christian, actually read the Bible. A lot of you I know don't do that for some reason, but I. Th- yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I we used to we were encouraged when we were younger to read the Bible, you yeah. know, and I'm talking seven, six, seven, eight years old. But they never asked us to do it once we became teenagers. And, you know, once we would be able to start questioning the things we read, they wanted us to read it. When we were younger. Where we would accept like, oh, you know. Moses just, you know, he parted the Red Sea. They, they skipped along, held hands. Like, whereas now we're like, wait a minute. It took them 40 years to walk 1.7 miles, but they were able to walk 15 miles in one night. Well, wait a minute. Wait, what's going yeah, on so, here? Something's not adding up here. Yeah. And also, I, I don't want to get on this on trash and religion. I mean, because like you said, there, you know, there's yeah. tons of good and that it does. Yeah. A lot of good. A lot of, a lot of local food banks. A lot of local religious homeless shelters help a lot of people. And Absolutely. A lot of people I know here, this is a conflict that I wanted to touch on just a little bit and then we'll close. And I want to know if this has happened to you. So for me growing up and coming to my beliefs, realizing that all these people I've looked up to my whole life that I've respected, that I still for the most part think are genuinely good and decent people, finding out that they believe completely differently than me is, and it's kind of a shock in a way. It's like, how do you connect with these two points yeah these are good people i've known my entire life but they also they also support these terrible things that i'm completely against and reconciling those two things has been very difficult for me so i was wondering if that had been something you had experienced yeah i mean it 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 definitely is it's 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 probably one of the questions that that i struggle with the most you know i mean not to go right back to religion, but they're, you know, like I, I my three brothers are, are preachers, you know, and I, two of them are just super, super smart guys. I mean, just anything you can think of, they just know the answer to. And so I wondered a lot, you know, like, well, these guys are obviously so smart. How do they still believe this thing that I feel like I'm too smart to believe, you know, is it, is it my arrogance or what? But it, it's, it's even worse with politics where I look at somebody and, and, you know, like you said, it's someone you respect, it's someone you trust, and, and someone you know to be of good character and, and intelligence. And it's like, how can you watch, you know, Trump, for instance, and, and think that he rep- that he aligns most with your values? Like, how can you believe that? And, and there's some people that, that I've had to just disassociate with that I've had to not speak to anymore because they, like, gloated in the fact where, when Trump was in office, you know, where there's others that I – I kind of just have to weigh weigh it out on a case by case basis. Like, I know this person votes this way because you know they they just feel that strongly against abortion. But 
You know, it's like to those people, I feel like there's a little hope. I feel like that that if we can explain to them, if we can start showing them the numbers of like of how, you know, Republican policies, you know, since the Reagan era has affected, you know, underserved communities, the black community, Latin community, uh, lower income communities. If we can start showing them some of these some of these marks that maybe their empathy uh, will carry them over to to the to the light side (laughs) instead of the, the empire. Well, we, we can hope for sure. And I really enjoyed talking with you. You're very smart. And you sh- I learned a lot from talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. I had a blast. I really appreciate you having me on. I would love to have you on again at some point if you're interested. And uh, we'll have a more focused discussion because I, we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we, we kind of just knocked out some some deep parts. And we'll have to get into bullet, bullet points later. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, Mike. Well, I appreciate it. You know how to get a hold of me. So anytime, man. I really anytime. appreciate it. Thank you so much, Darren, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Be sure to share it with everyone. Spread the word. And also, one final plug-in, vote in this election. And if you live in Gaston County, North Carolina, or if you live in Mecklenburg County, North Carolina, I'm pretty sure that's NC District 14. Vote for Jeff Jackson for Congress. I have lived under a Republican congressman in my district my entire life. Now's my chance to finally get out of it. Please vote for Jeff Jackson. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. Vote blue no matter who. That's right. All right. See you next time, man. You have a good one. Bye. Thanks, you too.